Okay, welcome again to Catalogs and Noise. Today we're talking about The Goon, The Deformed of Body and the Devious of Mind by Eric Powell. My name is Joe. I'm here with... George. And I'm Paul. All right. Um, so I, I guess let's start here. The I, I was looking a little bit ahead at the other trade paperbacks, and I think what we have here we're going to get for a couple more issues. At least this is like one of three where Powell is still between the end of the last kind of you know, realm storyline, but it, it takes a while to get to that final confrontation with the, um, the priest and his court that was alluded to before. So basically what we have for like, almost like 12 issues, like individual issues is this, I don't know, like experimentation. Right. And I think some of it works and some of it doesn't, but, but it, it went, this goes a lot longer than I thought. You don't get a glimpse of the final, Big confrontation for yeah, three more trade paperbacks. There might be small allusions to it, but that story is not coming until the final two trade paperbacks, 14 and 15. We're only at 11 here. All right, so we're basically talking about the better part of a year of actual time. Oh, more than that, I think, for the actual... Right, like, if, if you were following when the comics were coming out. I, I don't think these were ever that consistent. You know what I mean? I, I right. think like... Every um, other? They were, I think, maybe bi-monthly at its quickest, but I think he went sometimes, like, I remember, like, when I started buying them, I was waiting months, months for the next one to come out. And once again, there's a sequence issue between the trade and the actual standalone Moves. issues. Again, really? Yeah. Oh. This is worth reading. I was, I was looking at this knowing that we had the problem last time. I looked on the, um, the title page. And it says, this volume collects the goon number 34 through 37, an Irish wake was from USA Today. And the Goon USA on today? Yeah, isn't that bizarre? Really? That's yeah, the actual USA. And Goon on Vacation is from Billy the Kid's Old Timey Oddities yeah. and the Ghastly Fiend of London. So this is really an odd collection of stuff here. You basically got, what are you reading there from? Right there on the title page. Oh. It lists. Cause, no, sure. Yeah, because there was no introduction. Right. This is the first one that doesn't have like an introduction. Right. Somebody. Thank you. Yeah. I'm happy to, yeah, yeah, I'm to, to get right into right. it. With I wanted to read that because, you know, in the back end of this, you have the sketchbook and it says, uh, you have uh, Angie Patani. From the goon number thirty-six. So I wanted to figure out that was I correct about which number was thirty-six yeah. in this book, which this, Ross is chapter three of this book. But then you get all that other information 30, about thirty-six is Roxy Delight. Roxy Delight, right? So Andy Batani is Roxy I, I am Delight. still on the sequential right, actual right. issue things. But the Irish Wake coming from USA Today that blew my mind. <laughs> That's I didn't expect that. <laughs> That's weird. How could that have been commissioned? So, so, right? so Eric Powell going know. mainstream in USA Today. They, they ran out of like uh, infographics for the front page and needed to. Uh... <laughs> but it makes sense, right? Because cause the, the Irish Wake is kind of tame by Powell standards. Yeah. It's cute, yeah. I it's guess. cute, I, exactly. It's funny. Right. It's actually one of my favorite things in this book, The Irish Wake, because I don't know. Mm -hmm. I like the goblin character and the whole like pork chop yeah. business, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm cursed to always eat muddy pork chops, right? Because it was one thing Gunn is consistent about. He loves a pork chop. Well, sure. Who doesn't? So now Paul. You know, Paul doesn't. I don't. Paul doesn't. I, I, I do not. I never. Paul might pork actually chops. like a pork chop, but just doesn't need them. Nah. Right? You, uh, you know, even I didn't like pork chops. I suspect that's the case. I did. You can suspect. Suspect. Let me tell you. So, so the the issues I had the one that followed strike was actually a uh, kizzy story like her history that's coming next oh i haven't read that yet so that's that's the beginning of the next trade paper and i have to say that was like really well done i think it's it really connects cool. you to the larger story again so now i'm really intrigued I to like read that. the next one well it goes back it doesn't connect you to the plot line moving forward No, but it gives you some history and context and you, yeah. you see goon's father for the first time you know and uh, right yeah 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 
Because he does say, right, and, in and that her, particular And you get episode, into her carny history. Right, my aunt used to work in a factory. Like, this you see one how she wound up at the carnival, etc. So that okay. was kind of cool. And then that was followed by issue 39, which is a horrifyingly bad uh, gay superhero parody kind of thing. I Okay, that's that's the second one in the next trade paperback, I believe. Okay. Yeah, those so are coming. Just, that's the strict sequence. I didn't look at that very carefully, but I did want to mention it here because, I mean, we have, in one of these stories, kind of play with the notion of superheroes and indie comics versus, mm-hmm. you know, what, the big two superheroes and all that, and the... I think that's a kind of thematic extension of what we get in here. I think so too, especially because of the like the kind of fourth wall broken comments that are made during that story. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so there are kind oh, of you mean seeds. fog hats? <laughs> fog, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the, the fog hat seeds are being planted. Right, right. Uh, fog hat uh, for right. later. All right, so just just to get that on the record, there, I just want to yeah, mention that. So I think that's uh, good. That's good. I mean, yeah, thank you. The idea that we chose to pay, trade paperbacks to do this... No, it works. It's easier. Which is for convenience. I mean, it lent itself, I think, most easily to Absolutely. You want an to hour to an hour and, and a half podcast. You cover know? the whole catalog. That's the way to do it. Makes sense. Yeah. But that was the only reason, really. Paul, no. Now you've got me intrigued. I haven't read 12 yet, and I will start tonight. Because okay. Yeah. I want background on Kizzy. I want to know all about Kizzy. And Get in there. It's good stuff. I, so, I guess, you know, I wasn't trying to... to say that this was bad you know it's just no, I think it's this weird experimental stuff that is this period of the goon it's like I don't know whatever two or three years that he's putting so these out experimental I, oh, I yeah. kind of like looked upon it as almost like throwback to like he's going back to what he used to do but with his his contemporary style he's got elements it. of that everything's got an element of something that he had done in the past uh, like the the dream, you know, the the Brigadoon Carnival. Yeah, definitely. That's that, in the right. Goonies world. We've seen those like and the know, burlesque stuff that kind of overlaps. The vampires the before, right? Where, you know, I hate the, the homosexual vampires. Yeah, the whole and, boy band, the right, homosexual right. stuff is that's the experimental part. But what came to mind as I read this consistently is that it it felt like as if the Beatles were going back and trying to remake Meet the Beatles after already having made Sgt. Pepper. Right, you. It's pretty harsh. Right, you've evolved, and you want to kind of go back and recreate something, but it's like. Uh, but all right, so let's say that is. I the didn't. Case. I didn't pick this up and love it. Uh, yeah, it, I it took several sittings to get through it. I don't know that I loved it either. I think I can recognize there's really good stuff in here. I think some of it is not very good, but we can get to that. But um, I think even if he's revamping some old ideas that he had, which I think Paul's right, it certainly is the case here, that they're. They're different enough that I'm interested. I can see an evolution in them. Yeah. You know, certainly the art is through the roof better than those first absolutely couple of years. Right. And then Strike totally stands out to me. I love Strike from everything else because it's the first socially conscious goon. No, year. wrong. We saw we saw some um, union stuff earlier. There's union oh, stuff, but the whole but, but, but I mean the, oh, the, the, the ghostly slaves meant to yes. drain the swamp. No, but Paul's right to this say is right, a, this is more conscious, right? This is awareness. He's about, not joking around in this one. This is like it's not played. Nothing's played serious. for laughs. Yes. Right, right. Yeah, there are no laughs. And this is the first time story. women are not all about tits and ass either. They're actually you know yeah. tragic figures, right. and they're 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 a mother, they're a grandmother, they're working women. Right. I, I loved it. I think like I, I think you're right. Strike is a high point in this book. So, and along these same lines, I think the Brigadoon story is. As well, I mean that one might be a little more dicey if we we're going to talk about social issues. No, no, not in that sense. But but I think there's a, a lot. Standalone, I love this one. There's a lot going on there. Kind of reminds yeah. me. My like, like, criticism of the the Brigadoon story is that it's long. It seems to, <laughs> it's long. It bumps it along goes, for a while. Like, it takes a while. Where's this getting to? Yeah. Right? Like, you but I do like, like where it went though. 
It was, like it was interesting. And I love the yeah. idea of this, this this bizarre carnival in, in the woods that doesn't right. even have roads to get to it. You know, yeah. it's, it's great. Right, you stumble into it and you get punished for being there. And the, the normals are, are getting punished. You know, it's the freak's revenge on the normals. Right. Oh, that's... Oh, wait. I didn't mean Brigadoon. But that's a good way to put no, it. No, Brigadoon's okay, though. I think Brigadoon's okay. I, I meant the... Uh, Oh, the, the Roxy uh, Delight. Oh, Roxy. Oh, the Roxy Delight thing I like. That's actually really funny, uh, Roxy Delight. I, I, that's, that's what I was saying, um, you know, might be a little more dicey in terms of like a social kind uh, of... Oh, that, that, no. Oh, see, I, I think there is something there. I'm going to make a, really? a passionate... All right, let's let's go go back I, to I that. can't let's wait. Because... I want to hear that. What are you okay. saying? What is man? I'm going to shoot it right there. <laughs> <laughs> I would expect no different. So, it, this starts out maybe the lowest point of the game uh, that's the yeah, tough part yeah, about this that book, was right? kind of the worst and it's a shame because I really like where the story goes afterwards with the girl I think it's I think it's really interesting right the glitter vampires it's like you just didn't need to be there so I literally in my notes at one point wrote, wrote this is beneath pal this is um, this is like it's all too easy and then read the line where he actually goes but it's too easy. And, <laughs> and I was wondering, well, does that redeem him or does that just make it worse? You know? But all right, so what is wrong about this? It, it's that, right? This is, your, this is so punching down, you know? Yeah. This is not a target that's worthy of your critique. I mean, so this is an example, though, of something we've seen before, right? When, it, was a, it was maybe the third or fourth one where you get the vampires that... We're, we're kind of like gothy posers, and they bring the real vampire. Right, you know, to see that. that that was cool, and that went a really cool place. Right, it was interesting, story. and it was a very interesting takedown of this kind of like I don't know, let's say, um, what taming of our kind of mythologies of vampires and all that, and it took down you know what Twilight specifically, mm-hmm. but I thought it was smart, and it went somewhere that was interesting. This one just seems to kind of like sit there and just be too literal, right? Yeah, too, right. There's nothing, I, there's really nothing redeeming about this right. one. And I, I, I wrote, like, why the hatred? Like, why was he like so. Why the uh, hatred, right? What, yeah. What's. Well, Tween I mean, girls and their boy bands. Why do you have to hate on them like this? Um, yeah, I, I guess I don't see a point, you know? Yeah. And not that I'm a fan of uh, boy band stuff or any of that, but like, you know. I know. It's harmless. Like, yeah, you're saying, just punch him down. It's like. Yeah, it's just too goofy. I mean, I guess it's all in. I mean, the perp, the function is to set up, you know, what the typical, what eleven year old girl is supposed to like, and mm-hmm. then we see the eleven year old girl right. that's kind of brought out as a monster, which I think is funny, mm-hmm. but that can totally stand on its own. I don't yeah. know why we need yeah, it. Right, this is a precursor. Doesn't really stuff. work. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just unnecessary. I will say though, it's really good art. <laughs> The art is excellent. He never, never lets you down with the, the art, no matter No, sometimes he does, I think. I mean, do you remember those first couple? Uh, you forget. Yeah. You forget yeah, how cartoonish that was. That, looks that was now. so far back. I mean, that was just basic stuff starting out. You, you could forgive, you know. I will say this, too. Like, the panel on stuff. the bottom of page 8 with the, the, the overview of the boy band, it almost <laughs> reminds me of something that should be in the movie The Warriors. Or like, you well, had these I actually strange wrote that. gangs that look alike. So, I, well, they had the baseball furies. Right, baseball furies. the baseball furies. I wrote, I wrote down baseball fairies. It's just kind of like a... <laughs> hey, that's hey, nice. Wait, that's your joke? No, it was not a joke. It was just... It's uh, I know you don't like to date the podcast, but I do believe on this day in history, The Warriors was actually released. Is that true? Really? So yeah, I think this is the day. 1979? I think so, yeah. How did you start or 80? I love The Warriors. And so for all your listeners, I'm also saying, may the fourth be with you. 
<laughs> May 4th, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, 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 that's May 4th, here we are. <laughs> I was impressed. No, but that's, The Warriors is a fantastic film, right? Oh, Warriors is really fun. It's yeah. Fun. Do you remember the brief-lived... They didn't make much of it, but there was a video game for a while where... Oh, I don't yeah, know Yeah, you got to, like, be in the game as the Warriors and, like, be a gang and go into oh, the streets of New cool. York. And it, it didn't get a lot of press, though. Like, it just, <laughs> I don't know not. if it was a good game or not, but it would have been, like, a neat idea. Well, I mean, the, the movie's structured for that kind of, like idea even before video games are popular time, right? that is true that is like all levels and different of, yeah. bosses right. and, and you're making your way back to the home base yeah. and right and even the, when you get there there's someone there who's trying to undermine you right the thing i was really liked about the warriors like i remember it was it was something i watched all the time when i was a kid was the idea that like it was so structured mm-hmm. you know what i mean like like i love that idea of like the kind of structured like levels getting through new york i thought it was awesome yeah there is something neat to that right like yeah. oh this way is blocked we have to go that way but that boss controls that area right like, what are you gonna also, do like all these guys had such structure. Like, oh, you yeah. get this baseball uniform or whatever, and you're this guy. You have, you have oh, to wear this. Like, you have to do that. Like, you know, who's it's the like, guy in charge of like getting the uniforms together? <laughs> yeah. I know it's a lot, of, a lot of work putting all right. that together for a guy. You know, dude, your tassels aren't correct in your jacket. You need to get new tassels, right? Like, who is that guy? He's the whip. But then the uh, Carmen San Diego. I don't know the actress's name, right? But I don't she know was the radio is. voice talking. Oh, to her, right. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, the warriors, hey, warriors, the babies. Right, right. Like, like almost like narrating the that's a really cool movie ah man I love it um, so Eric Powell do something for the Warriors that's our appeal yeah I didn't um, I didn't really uh, pick that fairies. up that's really good I think that, <laughs> yeah that this is what modern games have come to I, yeah I mean I get the message I don't know it's just silly um, alright now so the girl as monster I think is funny it no. really is funny yeah it right. Is. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Um, and I like that. You know, this is we get um, we get the uh, Mrs. Uh, McGreg home back, and and this kind of stands alone. You know, the kids are great. Yeah. I from this point on, right. Really good stuff. Yeah. It, how she turns and kind of mutates is great. I, I love the idea. Like you know, the little eye in the <laughs> right, in the, looking out of the, the hole, floor knot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like you know, he has to sit on the bucket. Like every one of these things totally hits. Right. Yeah, I, I just think it's kind of unfortunate that it's uh, how it was right how it was presented to us in the first place. Yeah, but um, even the details in how she morphs into this thing is interesting. And I'm going to uh, go out on a limb here and say that this is somewhat metaphorical for I think pu- uh, puberty, huh. right? And <laughs> and you know the uh, I guess the kind of moodiness of. I think that's, that's the underlying right. joke, though, right? Like, she's a tween girl, and this is... I mean, I wonder, like, did he have a tween girl living under his roof when he wrote this? Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, who knows? By the way, a little subtle nod and joke well, That goes here, back to The Exorcist, too. That which is that idea, right? the, canners, yeah. the canners win. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Because the canners never win. They haven't won since the goon was part of them. So, mm-hmm. like, I think a little nod there to mm-hmm. a you know, much older storyline where the canners didn't win. Well, yeah, I mean, you're right. There is a ton of callbacks here. Right. A ton of them. That's true. Even Mrs. McGregor, like for the second time, we thought was probably dead. As if she didn't die. Which is a great joke, you know? Um, but yeah, I was wondering about that Canner's thing. like, And even Goon wearing his Canner jersey while yeah. watching the game yeah. on TV, right? Like, it's it's interesting for him. I, I was wondering, like, why that's here. Like, what, what is. In some ways, I feel like it's, he's coming out of his malaise that he's been in for the last oh, right. several episodes. Yeah, he's coming around. The, right? He's connecting to the world again. Yeah, I, I think that might be good. Yeah, you want to celebrate his birthday, but uh, I'll celebrate the Canner's victory, right? Yeah, the um, yeah, the idea that uh, Powell's kind of slowly bringing him out to get him back is in keeping with his kind of uh, I think detailed 
Yeah, he's aware of the whole arc of everything, you know. Yeah, and it does take a while for Goon to return to Norton, but he's kind of back. But yeah, you know, soon. And Norton's back. I mean, he, that's not a callback, but uh, but I feel like he hasn't been there in a while. Like, there's a sense. Right? It is nice yeah. to have the sense of normalcy back around. It's resetting. Street. Spider Two, right? We haven't seen Spider yeah, for Spider a while. Reemerges. Mm-hmm. Everything's really being kind of set back in place. I think that's right. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, the battle's pretty good with this monster. I think it's cool because she's cool. She's really neat. Yeah, which loans itself to beautiful artwork, which is what we see on like twenty two, twenty three. Right, and uh, yeah, I was a little confused how it ends. You know, it's like the sanctified land. Yeah, that's like, weird, right? Throws her into a graveyard so she dissipates. Right, that the tween girl's unholy. I kind of get that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We've all known some twin girls like that. But yeah, but um, yeah, I, it, it's a lot of fun. That's it. I don't know if there's anything really. Uh, too lossy to say right. about it's, it's, it's fun right? I think it's, that's what it's meant anything, to be yeah. it's, it's enjoyable yeah. there's some good art now moving on to the second story which was Brigadoon's Dreamland Carnival which I think is fine I don't think it's one of the better things in here I think I misspoke a little bit before um, but this is written by Evan uh, Evan Dorkin Evan Dorkin yeah. right of Milk and Cheese so, I don't know, you guys aren't really familiar with Milk and Cheese don't know don't know right. so talk a little bit about it so, for the listener well, Milk and Cheese was the first comic that I was ever really into, right? And because it, it had it had a little punk rock cred in the early 90s, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I used to see these images at shows and things. And yeah, stickers up on walls. And yeah, things, things like, that, like that. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, yeah that cover, I mean, that's familiar stuff. You know, right, yeah. Dairy products gone bad. It's one of the best things ever. I feel like, I feel like it was, it had a, a little bit of, like, juice like mid nineties, but kind of went away. Like people stopped talking about it. I don't think it gets, you know, the do it. It really deserves as much respect as it deserves. Right? I don't know what Evan Dorkin has done. I mean, I feel like milk and cheese was kind of done by like the uh, early two thousands, but I'm not really sure. the um, The premise though is basically milk and cheese are these <laughs> anthropomorphized and, right. <laughs> um, dairy products that. And, and everyone is basically the same. They're usually one panel. Some of them expand. No, I shouldn't say that. I think at its best, it's one panel. But you okay. put them in some situation. Like, I just turn randomly. I have, like, the uh, the whole anthology here. I guess it's everything they've done. Like, they come across the mailman. They have to fuck the mailman up. Right. And that's it. That's the story, right? That's, that's, that's it. Story. Right? It's all black and white? Uh, it's all black and white. Uh, I think there might be some color cheap. later on. on the cheap. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's very um, punk, punk looking. They go to see it. All these big. It's kind of looks like it's not easy on the eye. No, it's very it's like, busy. Yeah, it's very. So I think there was like that was like a trend at the time. Mm-hmm. Tank Girl was another one that Tank was, Girl like was a, busy on the eye. Yeah. Super, super busy. I love that. I thought that was great. Which is very R. Crumb. Um. Yeah, his I panels think can get busy in like terms he, of he the visuals, it, yeah. definitely. But even this is busy with text. Like, yeah. There's a lot of text in this. Um. And, you know, I never really thought of it, but, you know, in a way, I think at least tonally, this is totally a a prelude to what the goon is doing. Okay. You know, just as, I mean, that, the first time we talked about the goon, we talked about it being the kind of punk rock of right. even uh, the mm-hmm. indie, you know, sensibility. And that comes right out of Milk and Cheese, so it makes complete sense to me that um, he would write this story. But I'm just t- flipping around, right? Milk and Cheese are uh, at the San Diego, you know, convention. Um, you know, milk and cheese, uh, I don't even know what that one is, or at the blood drive, you know, just okay. like crazy stuff. And sometimes they wear outfits. They're kind of like, 
they're kind of like highbrow and lowbrow together. They they speak like in these high fluent ways sometimes. Huh. Yeah, I, it's totally cool. Now all of that I think kind of makes its way into the goon, um, particularly like this story specifically, but in general too, right? I mean, we we're constantly like fighting with this idea that the goon is both high and low, right? At all times. It is, but I have to tell you, though, just looking at that, that is so raw, milk and cheese. It's raw, I yeah. I mean, just the black and white. Or this is refined. Punk. And look, I mean, the colors and, and just right. the artwork is, is this a, This is an here. Eisner Award winner. You can't really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. milk and cheese. This is legit now. This is not punk rock, right. the, the guru. Milk right. and cheese was coming out of, I think, like a Zen aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You can yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I think mostly I saw those images, like, in zines, like people, like, doing caricatures of them and such. Okay. Um, or like putting them in like, you know, ads for bands or, you know, show posters and things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was like one year where that was like, maybe like 94, where that, I, I remember seeing it's it everywhere right. and went out and got a couple individual copies and just loved it. I thought it was cool. But uh, yeah, th- this, this anthology or whatever it is, I bought a couple years ago, maybe, you know, for nostalgia purposes and I, I zipped through it. I couldn't put it down. I loved it so much. Cool. So I recommend cartoon it. of hate, a wedge of spite. A comic book of idiotic genius. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of dumb puns. Also an Eisner Award winner, by the way. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah it, it might is. be. I, I'm not surprised by that. That must have been pretty early on in the game. Um, ooh, two two Eisner Award winners, uh, '89 and again in 2010. That late that they they, they won the 2010. Wow. So this story, yeah. I think, kind of has that dork uh, dork and appeal, which yeah. is good call, right? Um, the freaks, the outsiders, mm-hmm. are getting prominence, right? Yeah. They're the ones that we should be on the side of. The kind of chaos, chaos factor over the civilization factor, right? They're punishing the the squares, right? Except they, they go too far, and the goon has to kick their ass. And exactly, kind of... which is totally in keeping structure with what we've been talking about, right? That the goon is this kind of a liaison figure. And I mean, they accept Goon at first. They know he's one of them. You know, the freaks all right. Uh, they think right. They think he's going to be on their side. Right. 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 When Frankie's kind of being a little harsh on them. And so, so this all plays out, I think, beautifully as I don't know, classifying how the Goon functions. Why we stick with him, right? Because he is always on the edge, but more on the side of structure, order, justice than he is on the side of man. A little bit. Yeah. And when he's on the side of mayhem, it's usually played for last. When he's on the side of justice, it's usually pay, played more straight. Yeah, don't forget out of the way there. They got two guys. Oh, they got a, a organ grinder and a monkey, monkey in the trunk. But that's played for last. <laughs> right. What do we make of that, by the way? Oh, uh, that's just a joke. Right? Just a silly thing. Is this a minky, so, right? So is it just a joke? I mean, I think you need that to balance out that kind of right, sense. Uh, yeah, because if Goon's going to do something heroic like save the normals right. by breaking the uh, tank, you know. It's good writing. He's I still think. got those... Uh, so there's a couple other things I think kind of cooked into this. One is the um, references to freaks. You mm-hmm. know, right. uh, Todd Browning. Is it Todd Browning? Yeah. yeah. No, not Todd yeah. Browning. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's the movie. Um, so you get that. You get, you know, the, uh, the Gabba Gabba, you know, pinhead stuff, yep. you know, which also brings us to the Ramones and the punk rock aesthetic. Everything's oh, got that for freaks too, though. No, right? no, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I, I think, like, more people are going to read this and recognize the song Pinhead, Pinhead and the Ramones than they are going to go back to Freaks, I think. So, it, but it, that, it's all kind of coming together here. Um, and this has a nice Ray Bradbury kind of, uh, although it's much more demented than Ray Bradbury, but like that, that carnival feel. I don't, kind of. I uh, guess I don't know enough Ray Bradbury. I know Martian Chronicles and 
Fahrenheit 451. No, he wrote tons of these. These. Oh yeah. Um, kind of midwestern and uh, dark carnival type stories. Did he write yeah. for Twilight Zone? A little bit. Uh, yeah, I think I didn't say that he's associated with I, the Rod Serling. But no. the monsters on uh, Maple Street or whatever that, that is. I think that might be. Rebr- I mean, maybe I'm talking. I'm going to say no. I think. Um, I think. I mean, Richard Matheson did a bunch of. Twilight Zone scripts. I think Maybe Bradbury was... I feel like it's uh, in the same vein as all of that, right? Like, like Rod Serling could have produced this, right? Brigadier yeah, and Dream Yeah, I get that. Like, what would have been Twilight Zone? Yeah, it had that eerie feel to it. Ray Bradbury I thought more fantasy than the hard science fiction, even though he's known for well, the uh, Martian Chronicles and stuff like that. But. Uh, I mean, I, I'm pinching this from somewhere, but Bradbury's considered an anti-science fiction writer if you really right. want to get much more romantic. Did he give us Fahrenheit 451? Right. So his take on science fiction is always that the science is the source of corruption. And oh. yeah, he's very conservative as opposed to Asanov, uh, Clark, um, even like a guy like uh, well, those Ellison. guys are real hard science fiction. Right. They're always loves the science they're always saying that it's a natural evolution right. that right. it holds the prospects for the future. Um, yeah, but if you compare like the Martian Chronicles to like I Robot, Bradbury's incredibly cynical about what's going on, True. and apparently he lived his life that way. He was I read a biography of him long ago, but he was um, he wouldn't go on airplanes. He wouldn't like have a cell phone, even like, yeah. you know, deep into well, that you. culture. It's you. <laughs> With your no easy pass. I'm a, I'm a little <laughs> last guy. The last guy looking for quarters in his car. <laughs> Driving the parkway. I'm a little better than that. I do um, own a microphone and... Uh, okay, all right. We'll give put, you that. We'll give put you these that. podcasts up every week. Let me tell you, technology is supposed to serve you. We're not supposed to be in service to our I think I, 24-7, great. and uh, I respect that. I think I have a healthy balance and sense of, of that, and that makes if that makes me a little bit, I, I can take nah. it. But, um, and and you, Paul's worse than I am, anyway. <laughs> what are you talking about? In terms of technology? Okay. I'm deep in it, man, compared to you. <laughs> You do cheap music for uh, for Bach, man. I, I was a coder for a while. Man. I was. Uh, oh no, that's true. I did that. You have like a you have like a oh, computer yeah. science um, yeah. degree, right? Yeah, it's heavy. A classic I, computer I invented, scientist. I invented all this stuff. Good for you. <laughs> anyway, I, I like. Um, there was a couple of very poignant movie uh, moments in here. I like when. Um, like when he sees the Kizzy poster. That's neat. Right on, on yeah. thirty six, and he has that that kind of like. Um, I guess kind of dreamy or, or yeah, kind he gets of like a real melancholic. Uh, and he take he takes it down. He he takes the poster. Yeah. Oh, you know what I didn't notice. Right. Yeah, that. he tears it down. He oh, takes right. it with him. Right. He basically folds it up. And well, that is so. There's a similar image in the one coming. That's the Kizzy backstory. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, where a lot of this looks forward, it also I mean looks backward. It always looks forward to what's coming, which I think is nice too. Yeah, because um, that Kizzy story goes back to like I think the first or second issue, right? Yes. Yeah, was like right I mean, that, that's right. Oh yeah, that is the yeah, evolution. It's, of it's, it's super early. So you know, that makes me wonder. I mean, is is uh, Dorkin writing this and maybe being inspiration for that kind of hmm. you know dip back into the uh, the Kizzy that. story that's coming next? That's interesting. Um, so I mean, are we supposed to? feel the kind of glee about torturing the normals because i do a little bit a little bit if they're if they were the people who were cruel throughout the season you know to the freaks and really disdainful and dismissive of them right and not seeing their humanity well the answer is if right yeah right and it seems to be suggesting that because uh, 
it's suggestive, but there's no evidence. <laughs> who is the judge, right? Who is the, the who, who has the measure of it correctly? Well, Goon goes and judge and says, "Look, but that's be it. Doing he's, this. Yeah. he's the guy, right? He, he uh, the the one because he walks between both worlds, right? right. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty good. Um, on thirty-seven, you know, I'm I'm kind of with it. You know, the poor little rich girl, ordinary misfits. Like, there's something like kind of like edgy and cool about that. When you get to that last panel, mark her up, mark her up by the crowd. Like, what does that mean? That's like... That's where you say they go too far. Yeah, right? I mean, I think... Maybe teach a lesson, but this is a real cruelty and torture. That's being played out for us as audience the same way that I think... And it's horrifying to see the the dunk tank with, like, already the the corpse already in there, the the drowned guy already. Oh, right, on the bottom, and the next guy's due up, and the woman's in queue, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's all going on. Yeah, I mean, they don't even take the, the last body out of the tank. Yeah. Yeah, um... Outstanding art, thing and all those well. he- the, the heads that are nailed up on the board, like you know, like it's, you throw balloons at. It's an odd catch, but some of the art, some of the torture that they go through, it almost really reminds me of the old Adam West Batman episodes. How <laughs> right, they would construct these elaborate means to kill Batman you know, to drag it out to the next episode. It had that, that quality to it. I like that. There's something it's creative. They have right? to get creative. Their right. uh, cruelty, right? The wheel with the man. The goon tied never to falls it. short of that. No, there's no, always right. new ways of horrifying. I can't resist, but um, I just did another podcast yesterday <laughs> where the old Bat- Adam West Batman came up, and we talked about it for like three yeah, or Otis Redding, or in we were doing Otis Redding. How, yeah, do you have strange. to tell us the tie-in? What's there, the connection? The, so we were looking at the album cover. This will be uh, posted months and oh, months from Kings now, probably. Of uh, the album cover of King and Queens, yeah. and I, we were talking about like, does this album cover work? And Carla Thomas looks like Eartha Kitt. And I said, she kind of looks like Eartha <laughs> Kitt. Oh, nice. And I thought it's nice, the nice. Batman and right. nonsense. The Catwoman, right? Yeah. One of? Uh, one of the uh, one right. of three, Julie I Newmark, think. Julie and yeah. who I don't know the other one. There's, I can name oh, those cool. two. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, colorful villains here. Um, Artwork I, is beautiful, as always. I, yeah, like 30... Uh, a 43, rather, when we get this kind of, like, these international little people. I don't want to say the word midgets. It'd be offensive. As well, he uses but, midgets left and right throughout this. Midgets yeah. of all nations. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like the idea that they're, um... <laughs> I like the, the different nation uh, They represent the world, that. yes. I think that's funny. He's going to um, offend everyone right, with everyone. these midgets, right? Yeah. I, look, I mean, I don't think I need to defend this, but they were part of this kind of... that that. People with that stature were part of this carnival idea. Yes, that was absolutely. like a, that's like a, a historical fact. Listen, I'll bring up a point I brought up. I think in the very first podcast, which said that Powell's always reminded me, or at least some of his style, some of his, his creativity, reminds me of the world of professional wrestling. And oh, yeah, midgets yeah. have right. always been part. Not so much in the modern day, but up until the, the well into the 1990s and 2000s, midgets were part of the game. They were part of the act. They were part of what makes it funny. You know. Haiti Kid and Sky Low Low and you know some of these midgets they're just and the use of the term too stuff. as well is appropriate to the time that this is yeah happening in what do you make of the little worm German guy well that's he's weird bizarre. so <laughs> yeah I don't know right? like, <laughs> some of it's so weird it's like, right? really I mean it's a way it's a way to villainize him right putting him in kind of like Nazi garb or something mm-hmm. the, the the worm kind of idea comes directly from freaks you know mm-hmm. right the human worm was I think a character I haven't seen freaks in a while but I, was that what they called it because I, I, I think I so what, I, I, I'm the, very familiar that just the torso right you know, and the head yeah. of the torso but I couldn't there's that creepy scene at the end with, with the knife in his yeah. mouth and the close-up yeah. coming towards the camera. It's amazing. Um, but I think you put him in the Nazi garb to 
Just to make sure Help you know he's yeah. Help the villain. <laughs> um, one panel we skipped, I want to go back to at 39, right? Another callback is when this kind of gypsy woman says, you're a good man, better than you think you are, and he kind of right. shoots her away. Yeah. Right. We've heard that before. Right. That's, That's basically what Buzzard says to him. Right. And it's just you another example it. of of like all this. So when you think of like um, Dorkin writing this, I think that makes a little bit of sense. Right, because he's aware of everything. And, he's doing know, a kind he's of aware clock. Of the story, so he's bringing in these elements from the past. Right. Um, but I, I got to say, you know, we did make the point... Um, you know, several times when we looked at those kind of like fan fiction-y write-ups of when other artists do goon stories, and most of them don't work. This is a different ballgame. Absolutely. This is well-written. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming... It's a good, solid story. I'm assuming he's writing... Dorkin's writing all the dialogue. That's what I figured. Yeah, when it says written by, that's what I would guess. I would not be able to tell the difference if I had a note. Agree. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's really Because he's so familiar with the world. He knows the ins and outs of it. He's got the history. You know, he calls out to it a couple times. I imagine some of that has to do with, um, you know, Pal doing the artistry and maybe, you know, but but beyond that, I, I think it's pretty impeccable. I buy everything they're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even, was, even the joke, I mean, starting like right in the middle of a, you know, some bizarre story or joke. I mean, the, the whole thing right. is, is, is just classic. Yeah. Um, the normal techniques that Powell uses like that. Yeah, overall it's pretty good. I think ten and one, which we kind of end with, is a, a very interesting villain. <laughs> you, know? you need a new monster of some kind. That's a great one. And if you're in a carnival and you're dealing with freaks, you know, make it thematically sound. You know, it, and it works. And it's not enough to just have this monster. You have to. You get a little bit of his like where he came from and all that. You know, his backstory. You get a little backstory too. real quickly, right? Which, to... which you could, you know, somebody lesser would have neglected that. Too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and I do and, like the five fists pounding the goon's face of that one panel too. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. They can pull battle, right? Um, again, like he's uncanny with eyes. Mm-hmm. He right, he knows how to place eyes to make it so unsettling. Yeah, just off a little bit. In the, yeah, I mean, like all these faces, like in the shoulder and chest area. Just, that's so like, wrong. It's like close to enough to reality, but slightly off. It's like um, uh, what is that called? An uncanny Valley kind of right. Like, exactly. Like, it, that it hits right in that spot. Whereas, like some of that Lovecraft art, where it's just so bizarre. Yeah. It's just. just well, freak, speaking know, of that, weird. did you see the the? It's the end back of this, right? The. Oh no! Maybe it was someone in in, one, in the uh, back of one of these. There's Kaluthu art. Like sketchbook stuff. Oh, yeah. I, I remember. It, the, I it think it was be, in an earlier one, wasn't it? I, I remember seeing some of that Cthulhu. Am I saying it wrong? Cthulhu. Cthulhu? I was, I've always said it Cthulhu. Is, yeah, Cthulhu. Yeah. Um. I, I think it's in one of the ones I was just kind of thumbing through. Well, we'll get to it later though. It looked great though. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. I, By the way, middle of forty nine, right? You got the human fire eater. Right. Breathing the fire. I love the fact that he looks like the guy from. <laughs> Is it Crowded House or something? What band is it? Oh, you're going to be Simply Red. Simply Red. It looks Simply like the guy with Simply Red with his big red hair. Or George Hurley of The Minutemen, right? With the, the, the process, right? This kind of weird hair. I love that, that he makes a distinct What is Simply Red saying? Uh, don't do it like that. Did they hit me like that? So, something. No, it was... Uh, they had a giant hit. Yeah. A couple of hits, though. Nick Hucknell was the guy's name. Whoa. That's a, well that's done, Paul. Cool. Oh, nice. The, uh, they did the cover of If You Don't Know Me by now, mm-hmm. I think, right? Right, 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 right. But, um, didn't David Brent do that in the office? Oh. <laughs> he did his remake of that. He spent his <laughs> office it, right? money on the yeah. yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> that is one of my favorite videos ever. I've been I've been pitching a an uh, original UK office uh, 
Oh, I, I wouldn't even have to rewatch it to talk people, about it. Man, people have not been biting on that. Right? I don't know. No one really bit on Paul's the only one that showed any interest. I like, you know what we all want? What? The prisoner. Oh, well. <laughs> it might be coming. It might be coming. <laughs> the prisoner. Please, the prisoner. <laughs> Is there a big goon prisoner uh, kind of audience? I don't, uh, think audience so. I don't think uh, so. Maybe. I don't know. Listen, I pitched on the idea of REM, but you know. Oh, I love that. I'd do that. All right. Uh, yeah, this is all pretty good. You know, it's fun. I think the end's weird. Right. He makes ten and one eat the the little German guy, which yeah. is bizarre. Right. That's a way to beat defeat ten and one. Have him choke on the. Yeah. The that's worm. that's a motif that came up in a couple t- other previous ones too, though. Somebody shoves like a, I know. a person or a thing down the yes. thing's throat and. I'm gonna forgive him. it a little though because that's more callbacks. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's fine. It's tribute. I'm gonna give this a lot of leeway. The um, on fifty two, the last panel, the. The, the oh the uh, armless legless yeah, the, chicken the torso thing guy. that's directly from Freaks yeah uh, that's basically how Freaks ends and the, but this last panel is a weird one where the woman's on Frankie's lap and the goons oh, yeah. blindfolded and both with the like dead drunk there's human heads around right. I don't the know. organ grinder <laughs> and the monkey are back in the panel yeah. right? they're back part of it and this reference to J Edgar Hoover <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I, I don't know there was a it's lot it's really bizarre. I thought I like I had gone into the next story or something. <laughs> yeah, I like, it just didn't. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm appreciating. Sure. I'm saying this. Have you ever met Charlie Noodles? Because he's referenced here again. I don't think so. I think we had this conversation Are recently. An off-panel character might have been off mic, but I don't think we. I think we talk about this off mic sometimes. But uh, yeah, I think Charlie Noodles is just one of those characters that's always talked about and never seen. Okay. Which I think is a great <laughs> trope, right? I yeah. think that's so great. Hey everybody, Charlie Noodles is challenging Benny the Nose. To a sterno drinking contest, right? Are the noodles <laughs> referenced again? Yeah, it's good to have a character like that. All right, Roxy delight. I like this. I think it's a delight. It is it's really right. fun. It's fun. So right before we were recording, I was given a new piece of information that blew my mind. George, you want to uh, so share? Can I ask yes. before you say that, or no, after you say? No, Paul and I kind of knew this together. Uh, yeah, I know. Roxy yeah. delight is a legit personality. She is a a woman who has won. Multiple national contests for burlesque. How did you? Did you just like? I googled Roxy well, Delight. Apparently, so the up, trade man. paperback does not have Powell's interview of her because he had he did like a no, Q&A no, it with does her. not. Oh, really? At the end of, uh, oh, oh I'd like, like to read that. So a plug for the uh, the download that you can actually read the interview. Yeah. Right. Interesting. So did you have like an inkling that like this might be real because of the art or something? Because I get that. Yeah, she seemed too well formed a right. character to suddenly just oh, be she's there very well like formed. that. So that's, well, that's true. She is very well formed. That, that's why... Are you doing something over there, Paul? That's called a joke. I get it, man. Or, uh, well, I think that one of the things that... A criticism. A criticism. Right. Powell's taught us is that you got to do a little more research on his characters because sometimes there's there's more there than meets the eye, yeah. right? All right, so I'm, I'm going... Right. But by the way, so yeah. this is her tagline. The, the drinking, smoking, stripping machine, Roxy Delight. That's legitimately how she builds herself. Mm-hmm. So that's all, that's all who she really is. Although this is a pretty yeah. harsh character too, I hope the Roxy Delight, the real one, is not as I'm sure it's a persona rough like edge as that. Else, because right? I mean, she's she can't go anywhere in the United States because she's killed somebody here, she's right. done this there, she's just traumatized but, children uh, right. somewhere else. And, All right, yeah. So, so here's my big my big thing. I think she's the most complex female that has been drawn so far, right? She's yeah, and so much so that she's almost like the female goon in a way, which is You're something right. Right. we she's have been waiting own, for. She's right. got her own right. rules. Actually, right? she's powerful. And it made me, this made me think about like feminism a little and like what's appropriate and all that. And it made me, the treatment thus far, the where we kind of cringe a little bit and we try and make excuses for it, it's not that, you know, 
the depiction of a of a voluptuous woman is bad in and of itself. It's that she's only that. Right. Roxy has dimension. Right. Right. Now she uses her sexuality, and that's part of it. But it's the same way the goon uses his masculinity, his and that's right. part of it. Right. Yeah. right. That that she has personality. Myrna, um, Isabella. They were they're just yeah, they're kind of really props lax. of the story. They had story. no other dimension. Yeah. Tell me they're who they really they're, are. They're really helpless individuals. Right? They were basically extensions of the goons when he needed a female right. uh, foil, that's all. This yeah. character totally works. And I I when we get to the next chapter, the old woman in Strike, I Again, think, right. is certainly not as developed as this. He's doing something else there. But it, there is a kind of um I don't want to say feminism necessarily, but but a fair shake for women in this that I found completely refreshing. Well, she's a totally strong, independent into. character. She's not a function of the man. I mean, yeah. the guy that, uh, I forget his name, Abercrombie, he's basically... He's uh, right. He's a side man. Her. Right. He's, yeah. he's Frankie. Right. Right. Exactly. You know? Frankie. She's the power character. Abercrombie's the Frank. I, I want, is there a real Abercrombie? I didn't look that part up. That's interesting. No, she mentioned something about a mentor or a manager or something like that in the uh, yeah. interview Pal did with her, but I forget the name. Oh, I want to check that out. In the introduction to her, the, the panel, right? The, it's great. The free kisses. Notice her dress. I, right? Yes. That the stripes in her dress, they don't attend to contour to her body. I love that. Right. And I love that. There's something really interesting about that. They, it's, it's like accentuating her body. Yeah. It's, by doing that. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. you see that sometimes. There, I don't, I can't name one there, but like if you see like a checker pattern on some, right. in some cartoon... I, I'm always talking about Love and Rockets. I'm pretty sure I see that in Love and Rockets sometimes. Um, I think that's really... But, but it's, it's masterful. Like, yeah. he, you know, Powell knows what he's doing. He knows how to, to really draw your eye into certain places. Because, I mean, look at just, like, the definition of her arms and how, like, how much detail goes into that to get to, at the kind of uh, versimilitude of it. And then you have this, this obviously fake garment, and the juxtaposition's mm-hmm. fabulous. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Draws your eye right so to where he wants it to be. Yeah, and then you look around and see the goon breaking his piggy bank in front of his wallet. <laughs> and you laugh like, hey, 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 hey. And, and they're they're slaves to her. Slaves and, to you her. Know, right. And and by the way, I get it. I get that. Like you know, today, you know, half the people listening to this that are even aware of like feminist movements think I'm wrong. Half think I'm wrong. You know what I mean? That there is no like definitive proper answer, and you have to kind of you make your own way in this. But I, I think we got to give credit where it's due. This is mm-hmm. I don't know. I harping too much. I'm with, on this. No, I'm with you there. That, that's good. Um, so the other thing that I really love about this is we haven't seen this in a while, but bringing a new genre aesthetic in. Well, no, I guess I'm wrong in that. We, we did see that with, um, Buzzard Story. I mean, the fantasy realm being brought in. Yes. I don't know that we talked about it all that much last time, but I mean, we talked about those elements, but I don't think we talked about it as a kind of genre play, you know, how he brought in, say, like, the old Newt Romney thing when we got the yeah, cameras, okay. or he brought in the uh, sci-fi 50s element when he get it well, he did it before, too, when he, he had Hellboy crossover. Sure. That brought some yeah. different imagery to us. But it's been a while since you right. get this specific right. yeah, Americana. Really kept a certain vibe throughout. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, so I, I'm saying that this is actually two things combined. It's kind of like mid-century burlesque. Right, I guess even going back as far as like you know, well, very forties, you know, even earlier, I think. Four. I'm thinking like like the Blue Angels, like uh, Marlene Dietrich. That's like late twenties, maybe early thirties. I don't know the whole the whole plane thing and the Pantini Pantani sisters, which is like the Pupini sisters. That's like more World War Two style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, but I, I think, that. but so you have that right. You have that kind of like um, what cheesecake pinup. 
mm-hmm. you know, burlesque yeah. thing going on. And the, you know, the stockings and the, the, yeah. the, the uniforms and all that. Right. And I don't really know what comes before that in the twenties. I'm not that familiar with like Marlene Dietrich and stuff like that. So well, that that is, I think that's early thirties. I want to say, okay, but that has more to do with kind of what um, uh, Weimar Germany decadence yeah. and things like that. But I, I think that's really the template for what you're going to see. I think moving through the thirties into the World War II era. Okay, right. Um, the other thing is the specific war genre of. Men in planes, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's cool that it's a woman here. She's hijacked the man's plane, right? right we right. get a kind of glimpse of that backstory. You can almost see, like, she's straight out of, like, um, only uh, angels have wings. You know, like, one of those, like, late 30s movies that's about these guys that are going on these, like, you know, suicide missions. And, right. you know, one more mission. And, like, what it means to be behind enemy lines. And putting it in this kind of... Um, in this story where she's a hero, I think it's wonderful. But those aesthetics, I mean, the bottom of 55 with the plane kind of crashing yeah. in, it's like out of like Howard Hawks or something. It's great. Really great. So, uh, yeah, I love Powell when he's doing this kind of like tribute <laughs> stuff. I think he does awesome. it really well. He, he could draw in, in pretty much any style. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is amazing. So we're to assume that... Um, they're in the swamps, right? This is like, like yeah. they're probably in the hobo swamps. This is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, there's the swamps that outlie the town where the bogglers were from right. and the hobo stuff. Yeah. Which I so appreciate as just a kind of like geography marker of yeah. this world, you know? I, I think it's great. It right away. And right away the gag, right? Did you have to take his plane and his uniform? Yeah. I never fly naked. Suggesting <laughs> that there are other things she does naked, but she doesn't fly naked, right? So right, right away we're getting a, a view into the world of, of Roxy and, Delight here. And that's a lie, apparently. Right, yeah, that's yeah, right. That's <laughs> it's not even true. Um, another, so you get to 57, and I love those four panels that are... wonderful, right? The gag, right, little flashback. Yeah, because it's not just, you know, her getting her backstory and, and those fun vignettes. And you can you can imagine each one of these could be its own comic. And, right. like, there's such life behind this character. I fucking love it. The style of those kind of memories is done in that old silent film mm-hmm. aesthetic which I think is so in keeping with the, the just visual That's spirit of this. Well. It's not jarring or you know it's, it's perfect. And look how obsessed she is when she realized she killed somebody in that last panel. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> you, you look at her and you go like oh no it's okay don't worry about <laughs> it. Nashville. Only if you want the chair. Man. Yeah I'm re- this is this is great. This is one of my favorite things in Pal I think. Um, oh and then right so what happens She's in town. She needs some dough. What is she gonna do? She's gonna strip. Less. I'm gonna. Strip, not right? only that, I'm gonna. I'm gonna open but my. She's own gonna run the place. Run the place. What right. do you mean it's closed? Right. We can. We can get it going again. Right. That's crazy. And what a great way to bring us back into this world right. because we haven't seen these characters since for a while, right? Since that the, big the Labrazio, right? Since yeah. Season. So what happens? Well, after Labrazio goes, you know those those characters just kind of recede back, anyone mm-hmm. that didn't die. It's nice to know that these characters are still hanging around, though. They yeah. haven't gone away. It's good to know the harpies are still there. <laughs> right, but they're in hiding, right? But, you know, what do they do now without Labrazio to direct them? Apparently they just them. fly around the inside of the uh, old... Uh, they just the kind of... House. Yeah, right? They, they have nothing to do... To, to do, <laughs> I mean, I guess. Um, but, you know, the old kind of sexual switcheroo where she's going to um, <laughs> manipulate them, right? Right. Yeah. 
I think it's all pretty fun. The, the, you know, when you turn the page there, when you go from 61 to 62, right? So yeah. what was the, yeah. the name of the woman? I forget her name. The, Elsa. Elsa. Elsa the, controls uh, the heart. The one that had right. the curse put on her. And orders them to basically eat them, right? And she's waiting, she's waiting. She goes in to look and, right? Roxy <laughs> seduced them in bed. I didn't expect this. Oh, no, it's a great reveal. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's like, it makes you giggle. Like, oh, she's got power, and, right? Yeah, Whatever she's, she's, she's really strong. And what's Emma Crombie doing there with the camera? With the camera, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> another element to this, another layer of the joke. Is that just right. for her fun? Are they blackmailing them? Like, I, right. it, any kind of lascivious uh, right. thing. But, and the harpies look oh, yeah. so satisfying. Oh, yeah. So, and all in bed time. together. Right? wonderful. Thank you. With the cigarette in her hand, right, Roxy? And I look. Looks like I'll be running the show from now on, sister. <laughs> and so then, great. And there's no doubt about it. Yes, you will be. Right? So great. That's it. That gal's got moxie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So we go into this other weird thing now. Joey, the ball reference there? Hmm? No, so that's the, panache. The panache. Oh, he's got panache. Joey, oh, the ball, right? Panache. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so I speak, got panache, right? So speaking of weird turns, now we get into the goons. This is strange, kind of, right? Yeah, all of a sudden, boom. Sparks cut to this... Uh, well, this won't surprise you that I I kind of love this take. This is punching up. This right. takedown, Lady of, Horseradish, which although her again, it's in. like a real oh. easy. T- I mean, they just bloated the most bloated. Oh, but it's absolutely wonderful. Though. But it's caricature, right? Of this course. is Paris Hilton we're pissing upon here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Absolutely, right. I mean, baubles. Give me more baubles. I need more baubles. <laughs> Maybe I do want to say that there is a certain kind of like. Uh, social consciousness that's coming out of this trade paperback. Yeah, of course. No, look, he says, I mean, when they get rid of this, this could, this is the, uh, could feed uh, an entire country. Uh, you know, yeah, right, give right. You this little, uh, but I want to put it on my shelf to collect dust. So that's what so I do. So thank God Frankie P's all over her. You know, I mean, that's appropriate. Well, Oh, absolutely. And by the way, I mean, you know, you call me uh, a Luddite before. Um, uh, I did not, actually. You I, called yourself that. And, uh, no, I, call, I called him that. It was, yeah, I, exactly. I called him a Luddite. But um, I, I look at Powell's Twitter feed sometimes, and he's very liberal. He's, he's all, like, well, anti-Trump. Yeah, really, I, I questioned yeah. that early on because, like, some of the humor could have gone either way, but you see more of a... He's satirical, though. Everything is fair game for him. But you, I think I see this developing in these later episodes far more explicitly. Yeah, absolutely. I get, this, I get much better sense now that... Yeah, you have he, this and then at. you have Strike. I mean, there's a clear thing going on here. Absolutely. Um, but I love... I, he's going to piss on her the same way that this yeah, statue. I love that. Pissing Perfect. on the penguin of all things, right? What do they call the statue? It's called uh, the most valuable knick-knack, knick-knack of all time, time or right. something like, you know. Angel just, peeing just on this, penguin. Disgusting, like, you know, of materialism. Course, it's, it's horrifying. And um, I, I will say this, though. I, this did take me out and make me think, like, is the good, are the good and Frankie really, like, thieves in this sense? Yeah, right. Like, this is they're, very they're low like them, right? Yeah, I get that. I don't know that the they're... Good will take any action sometimes. Like, he's taken weird stuff in the past, you know, that, so I, I don't think this is totally out there. I guess, you know, it's justifiable in the goon's paradigm because... She's stealing from someone who has so much she could literally piss it away on garbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so whatever, so she won't miss this. I'll take yeah. it, right? I can use this for some good. No, right? there's just I mean, right? There's complete justice in it for me. I eat the eat the rich. I'm all for it. But the um, just the fact that he would. I, I don't know so. that it's, it's in keeping with his character. That's all. I'm nah, saying. he's he's been in other capers and yeah, he has. Yeah. Now, Frankie, twice. I get. Yeah. Right. Frankie, I get, but I don't know if Goon would be like Sinatra's Diamond or something like that. Wasn't it an early episode? <laughs> yeah. No, we do have that, that kind of short where the um, 
Frankie goes off with some friend. The the the, the box cars off that uh, right. derailed or something. Right. There is something like he is a kind of scavenger thief. But yeah. but this one is the goon, and I love the fact that they think they're going to disguise themselves with the mustaches, right? Little mustaches <laughs> and little masks. <laughs> oh no, we won't know who they are. No, that's perfectly that's a fine. Great <laughs> no, but I so when I saw the you know the panels on sixty four, my the first thought is they're being framed, and that's only because uh, oh, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. it doesn't turn out that way, but. No. But I assume that's because, because of the because characterization. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, by the way, the best line, I think maybe in this whole thing, is class warfare at the end, right? Which is <laughs> exactly what a, an awful person like her would say. Right, right, right. You know? um, I got your class warfare right here. Yeah. And the bomb, and I totally want it to explode, and she does. That's good. Yeah, all good stuff. Yeah, I think it's really cool. And then, you know, this all brings us back to... Combining the two stories, right? Great. I mean, I always say this, but just great storytelling. Right. Right? I introduced this thing. I introduced this that. thing. They're so weird. And what Both could they possibly so have to well, do with each other? And then you throw them together. Bring them together. Throw right. a little setup in there. And, we and end spiders. Up in this, spiders back here, right? Yeah, we get Spider. 66. And uh, we end up back in this weird place with this hot air balloon. And <laughs> it's so great. Yeah, well, yeah, the hot air balloon comes back, which we haven't seen since yeah. uh, Hellboy. Yeah. Well, that was a little different. Those were the... Um, the octopuses, the octopuses, right? right yeah. So what was it? The octopuses were like hanging from balloons as warriors. That's it, right? Yeah, they could drop Man, on you. That was so amazing. Good stuff, right? Um, but I love all of this like stuff in the burlesque house. Like uh, I love Frankie falling in love with her because this is his number one weakness. Yes. Like, like if he had <laughs> yes. one kryptonite, this is it, Roxy Delight. But this this one panel, the middle of uh uh-huh. sixty eight, where it's his face in the foreground and her kind of like. She, like the the her stripping like beat by beat in the back, mm-hmm. it's really great, right. really great art. Um, and something I, like she's grabbing the box in the the middle of sixty nine right. So clever, her right? It's subtle detail. I I didn't see that at first. Bagoon is beating some poor guy who you know yeah, tried yeah. to try to set him up. Yeah, it's all cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we end up eventually at the um, yeah the the hot air balloon with the the. Uh, Patani sisters who already have been mentioned, you know, before. Right, referenced earlier, right? That it all she comes screwed back them over, right? Yeah. And the, the Patani's, what, what is it, eh? Patani sisters? Or Pan, what is it? It's not Putani, is it? I thought it was Putani. Pantani. Pantani. Oh, there's an N. P O N T. Okay. So it's too obvious it was Putani. Well, <laughs> so like, we're not going to be that crass, are we? But, but <laughs> the, the balloon lifts the jacket right off and, and you know. Yeah, but not the censored even, right? Like, it's, yeah. it's an old school homage to like what, what it was like years ago. Well, it's they a gag. Put the know? black it's, mark over things. It's censored, it's censored, I, I right? Love the, it's I a love funny that gag. these female gags are going around like pretty much naked in the swamps and uh, you know, <laughs> Right, in uniforms. In uniforms, like, well, right. bits and pieces of uniforms. Bits and pieces, exactly, <laughs> exactly. By the way, the issue I had had a big Roxy Delight full page, like, Photo that was painted. Good really? Yeah, wow. It looked like a photograph, and I found that actual same picture. It's online. not like that. No, no, In no. Back, it, it, oh. And I couldn't tell. I said, "Did he? Is this like really photorealistic art, or is it like a photo that's kind of painted?" It was just kind of stuck in the middle of the story. Hmm. Kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I want to check all that out. That's good. Um, one thing I like a lot is Pal is so great at ending a story without killing in any definitive way right. anybody. You know, it's over, so that but everyone can always right. come back. You know, They fly off in an air balloon, and they're in all kinds of their own pickle, but she can come back at any time now. You know, we, I, I, want to, I want to hear her continued story. I want this to be a whole spin-off. You know? She could be. She's got enough going it on. It could right? be. Oh, and yeah, a clever yeah. little gag here at the bottom of 75, right? 
Frankie's pining away for, for Roxy's love. Goon, for the first time, is taken to the ladies, right? Yeah. Hey, yeah, ladies, come on, let's go talk about this, right? <laughs> feeling up his muscles. We, we haven't seen that from him in a long time. I don't like that um, That Frankie uh, misses out, though, right? I want Frankie uh, to... Uh, Frankie you know? gets enough action. And, and, and the, the last panel of, of, it's neat. Oh, yeah. of Frankie, you know, all sad is... Uh, yeah. Frankie plus nice. Roxy. But, yeah, not having known that that's a real person, um, I thought it was great. I, I think... Uh, this is just like, you know, a tribute to somebody that really exists. Like, uh, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. I wanted, did, you, did you get a sense from the interview that she had in, input in this or? Um, not, not specifically, no. You know, but it, you know, it was clearly a, a mutual respect kind of thing. It would almost be like, you know, Ghost Rider writing Evil Knievel into his comic book in like the, the 1970s or something like <laughs> right, that. Right, just, right, right. There's something yeah, neat yeah. about that. You know, Mean Joe Green steps into like, you know, the Hulk. Yeah, I, I like, like it. Well, he yeah. referenced actually Scooby Doo having uh, characters written into their stories. Oh, in but the, they in used the to the Harlem Globetrotters. Oh, yes. right. Famous, right? Don Knotts. Don Knotts, right? <laughs> Often appeared, right? In Scooby Doo. Yeah. Why not? You're right. So that was. I thought that was a perfect. Uh, like, I had, like, but that you're absolutely right. Scooby Doo often did that. Yeah. And we were talking earlier, of course, about how The Simpsons do it prolifically, right? Bring in real people into their, their comic. The Doobie Brothers run What's Happening. I mean, come that's on. Right. Well, well that's, something, that's something very special. I learned a good lesson about bootlegging from that one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. Davy Jones was on the Brady Bunch. I mean, this is a time-stamped uh, tradition. Wow. Time-honored tradition. Um, all right. I Another home run for me is Strike. Strike, yes. Strike was great. Totally yeah. different. Now, I, I have to say, again, great. this is really his first... Kind of social awakening. And brings the zombie back. Zombie priest, right? Re- yeah. Returns. A great and a Working great for the, uh, so the played, right? of, uh, you know, the... Uh, of industry, the, right? The industrial... Uh, well, let's... I mean, if we're going to talk about kind of modern critique, you know what I mean? Who... Where's the evil? It's with the uh, the harvest capitalists. I'm with it. When was this actually put out? 2010, I think. We're talking about 10, 11? Yeah, 10, 11. Yeah, I mean, it, it's close enough to the financial collapse. I mean, I don't want to make right, too at, right, after strong a point about it, but but it does kind of, this does kind of... Well, at a time when we were bailing bankers out. Right. Right? People who basically did us in, and we were paying for them to be off the hook because, you know, too big to fail. Yeah. We keep hearing this term. Yeah, it could be a, a kind of reaction to those times, which I totally get. Um but yeah, it's set up so beautifully with this uh, old woman as this kind of like, you know, stoic old school. Still has to work, right? She's doing the yeah. right thing. She's going through. She's paying her dues. Perfect victim for our, you know, as a setup here. Of course, because she can't get anywhere. She can't get in. She can't do anything. Yeah. I mean, by the way, the, the first opening panel that I don't think is part of the original with the giant ape behind her as she stands with the strike thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's really like a, a great metaphor. You know, for the mm-hmm. the modern forces of evil and yeah, man, it's good. Yeah, I really love this a lot. So what strikes me is it's not only the um, the capitalists that he's going after, right? Everybody seems to be on the take here except for the workers. The cops are crooked, which we've seen before. Right. I was just like in the middle. Okay. <laughs> Paul showing the rocks. Like, like the fire. Yeah, she saw that, right? Yeah, that's that's got to be that's but a picture. Just, yeah, that's it's a picture. Yeah, but, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a photo. Yeah, it's just like kind of randomly in the middle of the story. Really? Yeah, oh, that's weird. Right, the fire marshal's on the table. Sorry, it took me so long to get the right. fire marshal. Right, he seems reasonable, but eventually he's going to be swayed. Um, you know, the the you have the the shitty uh, foreman that's going to take advantage of right. the the girl sexually or whatever. Um, you know, it, it gets all those notes right, 
And I guess I didn't even, think about even it. Even the Walmart locking in the employees um, overnight. Right. Oh, yeah, you know, that's right. I actually, that's right. it's interesting when you hear the factory owner lay out his arguments for why he has, why can't he have fire escapes? Why can't he have sprinklers? You know, how is it going to cut into his profit? He's going to have to pass, you know, all these justifications for my profit. What do I take home at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's something that we still hear today. We still hear it. That's, that's this the tragedy right. of, of uh, this age. It's, it's yeah. horrifying. Look, if you want my opinion, I mean, let's create a number, whatever that number is, $10 million. Let's go crazy. It is immoral to make more money than that. Right? I, I mean, yeah, who needs more well, money? Actually, there comes a point where you, you truly, it is excess what you are making. It's, it's mad. But we, we, let's call it 50 million. I don't really care. Let's, let's all agree that there is a number where, where you are just a leech to the system if you make more money. That, that the well, system set up do not create the value of you particularly, right? This is a civilization we're trying to run here. Why anybody would want that much money is beyond me, unless you are an evil motherfucker. I don't guess it. it's unmanageable. But there's a certain level, like, you can't make that kind of money without doing damage to lots of, of people. I mean, there's just no way to do that. There's no doubt. We need Robin Hood back. Is, are you suggesting that Powell is the new Robin Hood with this propaganda? I'm saying maybe this Powell, liberal Powell propaganda? would like the new Robin Hood, <laughs> right? But what's the actual, uh, historically, is it the Triangle Shirt? It's the oh, right. uh, Triangle yeah. Shirtwaist Company. Shirtwaist Company, right, which is the actual event that he's, the, he's... Yeah, I yeah. think that's And this clearly, clearly parallels it, everything with the... They, but they but the Pentagram Girl Factory. Pentagrams, of course, right. also be associated with dark magic. Right. Right. I love this concept. Then, right? We're going to sort of recast the owner as an evil man, right? Yeah. But he, his politics are totally right for my money here, right? That, that exchange, right? I think it's around 82, I guess, where it's basically, well, why don't you just make less profits? You don't need any more. Right, exactly. right. right? Like, what, what, what? Less profit, right? Heavens, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's repugnant. Um, there's, yeah. a, there's a documentary. It is called The Queen of Versailles. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Love yeah. it, right? Love it. And, and, and right, this couple who owned Timeshare, right? This was the, yeah. what they, they sold. And I love, I take pure enjoyment out of watching her downfall. Because right? she, she's it. She's the old lady, Mrs. Horseradish, buying like another bauble for the shop. She is absolutely that person in life. You know, she's trailer trash from upstate New York who comes into this enormous amount of wealth and just wants more of it. Like, there's not enough for her. There's not enough. Right? And it's, a, it's wonderful to see her take her fall. Wonderful. More, Bring it on, more. This is way more money than the average person will ever see in a lifetime. And it's not enough. It's, it's right, still, right. I, I need right. How is this possible? So I'm going to push back on a little on what Paul saw. I think there is some humor in here. You were saying this is kind is there, of... I thought it was pretty... Uh, well, the tacos are humorous, right? The oh, whole, the tacos, like, yeah. Even the before that... that I mean, beer cap on my yeah. taco. Even before that, I think he's handling the the capitalist, you know, villain with, with a kind of, like, dark levity, you know, that... I think it is well done here, right? It's not it's not this kind of like brooding. I, I mean scrooge. more like just the extraneous, you know, bizarre jokes in the stories. No, you know, I, that totally kind of stuff. Right. I mean, he, he kind of strips away a lot of Don't get me stuff. wrong. The subject matter of this is handled far more seriously than most goon stuff is, but um I, I'm just suggesting that they're um it's not humorless. I think it's a problem. No, no, there's there's yeah. Yeah. I mean even the um yeah, I mean, you get to the taco truck, and you know, there's a little silliness there. But once you get to, like, 85 and you and the oh, fire it's a, happens... It's, it's serious business. It, it's, like, really harrowing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ter- like, the, the panel in 86 where the elevator is falling and you get that sweeping... God, that's look, horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. 
He's right. And he's totally right. right. He really pulls you in right there. To a point you were making earlier about, you know, the workers are, are supposed to be inherently good. You don't see them trying to destroy one another to get out of the building. No. They're trying to help you. They're really, right. They're yeah, really helping Trying to make yeah. some kind of order and assistance to one another in the face of this tragedy. I mean, if I'm being ungenerous, I could argue that, like, well, isn't he kind of padding at it by, you know, making these kind of, you know, types, you know, innocent victim versus evil. But I think I'm going with this is like old school satire in the sense of like, you know, Swift, which needs kind of caricature and this kind of, you know, allegorical mm-hmm. telling. I think it's completely but appropriate. That, but this is a real event that really happened. Sure. Right. Pretty much as he's portraying it here. Right. He I mean, he may exaggerate the owner, you know, but... Maybe he doesn't exaggerate the owner enough. I, because yeah. some of these these <laughs> old capitalists really were, you know... Of course. Uh, tight-fisted. Yeah. You know, I was... Uh, a couple of years ago, I was watching a documentary and they were talking about uh, the, the early capitalists, you know, the J.P. Morgans, the Rockefellers. They were making their wealth before an income tax existed in this country. Mm-hmm. So if they yeah, made, right, right. you know, half a, half a billion dollars, they made half a billion dollars. You know, as opposed to the modern, right, business person who, you know, is, is subject theoretically to an income tax the way you and I are. Mm-hmm. And, but these are people who really made astronomical amounts of wealth. Right. Much, much more than the common well, working you do that when you go into some place in Africa and take all their resources, right. you know? Well, right. Make yeah. it beholden to you. I mean, even mid-20th century, right, you know, the, the great golden age that the right claims we should all go back to. In those days, your wealthiest people were making, like, what is it, upwards of 75%. Uh, they were paying income tax up to 75%. I think it was at like 90%. It, it might have been even that high. Tax rate was right around the graduated tax. I mean, through, uh, well, gl- I'll gladly take those tax rates today if, if you know, let's go back to those. No, that's the part age. that they don't want to go that back to. That gets erased. That is totally not even mentioned. Right. You know, when, like, people actually contributed back to systems they benefited from. That's why it was a gold age, because it, it actually went back in, and you had everything worked. Right. You had roads you could drive on, you know. This might be the most political uh, podcast. Yeah, well, I think that it that's is. That's because right? Powell found his voice. I, I, I'm very excited about this. <laughs> Powell's moved us in the right direction. Trickle down it. So, <laughs> 90, 90 is so great. It's so great. It's right. so great. All this kind of, like, the system working against the worker. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, the mechanics of it. He captures so much in each of these panels because it's not just these things individually. It's this kind of like like conspiracy, like this snowball effect, right? right? If the worker had just followed the yeah. safety procedures, right. it's so easy uh, to out him, you know, to... The ironies. And I love, like, you know, the old lady is, like, present in all of these yeah. things, mm-hmm. right? Now, we don't have the reveal yet that she's, she's dead, she's but... the ghost, yeah. Because but at the end has given it's us like, this world. That's why it's, that's why it's when yeah. it comes to us. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, and I That's exactly it. like a, like an EC comic, like with the, when she very, yeah, gets very her revenge much. at the end and and uh, yeah. you know reveals herself to be dead. This is like Crypt Keeper kind exactly, of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, in ninety one, you get Rosie the Riveter. By and the way. I, I think uh, right. he, I think he draws yeah. this kind of in that style too throughout. Like it's. Uh, well, I think the the panel structure is. Well, yeah, definitely the panel. Structure. Just right. you know, looking at it upside down from yours, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. The panel, they, it looks like those um, those old... It's uh, not this big, free kind of goon. Jack Davis stuff. kind of Exactly. It's, kind it's of much more panels, yeah. But the, yeah, Rovi's a riveter, right? He's he's pulling, and this is what, I, he's pulling all this different iconography mm-hmm. to get the kind of American story. Yeah. I fucking love this. Um, all right, Strike Breakers show up. We haven't even seen the goddamn goon yet. No, right. In this, it's a goon, goon comic. Love it. Right. So he shows up eventually on 93. Now... I think, I think um, Pal has to, to be very cagey here, and I think he is. The goon can't come right to the rescue. That's right. too much. 
it's too ham-fisted, right? He needs to be kind of seduced in. He needs to see something in it for him, right? He'll eventually do the right thing, but it's not terribly unlike the carnival freaks we saw, right? Right, right, you know? right. Um, and this is a kind of consistency that I, I really appreciate. There is something a little insidious, though, when, you know, um, I'm going to help you, but sign the book. Sign the book. Mm. It's always about the book. Right? Right. And Frankie, just sign on the dotted line, Union Sister, there's something, uh, you know, that they're going to be in his debt, right? He might call upon them. Right. This is a little, like, Vito Corleone, you right. know. At some point, right, I need you too, right? So it's a relationship. But, yeah. but mm-hmm. listen, that's how it is, right? It's a reciprocal relationship in some way. You yeah. need me now, I might need you later. And ultimately, here's the story, right? If, I mean, they almost make this point particularly that all the cops and the capitalists are, are gangsters, right, in their yes. own way. I'd rather be with the guy that's doing real gangster work but at least has some moral center than these people with zero moral center that have the kind of societal legitimacy, right? right? I think that's the parallel being drawn. If the goon's too innocent, we don't get that kind of uh, equating critique. Mm-hmm. That makes it makes sense? it more complex and, and yeah. realistic, actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's our buddy with the banjo. We're saying that's... Woody Guthrie? A Woody Guthrie Woody slash Guthrie. Pete Seeger character, right? Yeah, just somebody that's some, yeah. like, you know... Okay. Yeah, I mean, Pete Seeger always played a banjo, but I don't think he looked like that at all. Some hillbilly hanging around, right? Sort of yeah. <laughs> singing his folk songs about the that's working man. That's what we need, right? Could be Billy Bragg. That's what I was going to say. It could be Billy Bragg, right? Stop, this is America. Is, is he still writing, like, uh, old Union songs? I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Some of my favorite stuff is that one. Oh, man, one that's great. Stuff, yeah. I heard this piece years ago, and they were talking to it... Uh, an ex-slave who, who performed Negro spirituals. Uh-huh. And the interviewer was working for the Library of Congress said, I want you to sing me songs of complaining. I'd never heard <laughs> it expressed that way. Well, you know, you know songs, songs of complaining. You know, I was like, wow, well, I you know, would never characterize songs like that. But you know, like, we don't want to work. This is what we want to do. I was like, wow. <laughs> it reminds me of this panel here, right? A song of complaint. Yeah. Uh, well, well, what he's singing is like, that's an old Union standard. Yeah. I must... Uh, you can't scare me, I'm sticking with the Union. That's an old, like, you know, 30s. Uh, I didn't know that. I trust that. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, you still sing that? I haven't been part of a strike yet. I'm looking forward to one. Um, I'm actually not. It's actually terrible. But Break them. Yeah. The, um, so, so the little girl put me in mind... This is gonna be. We're going long. Uh, the little girl put me in mind of um, something we were talking about recently. I probably off mic, but the uh, girl on afraid statue. Is that what it's called? We were yeah, talking about yeah. that last, uh, uh, last time. Was it on mic? Uh, I don't think it was on mic. The Mike. charging we, bull I think we and referenced the fearless it on, girl. And fearless girl. Fearless girl. Fearless girl. Right. Um, but you know, a little bit on mic, but more off mic. Right. But you're right. She's like but, that. But she's isn't right. that isn't that what's happening here? Right. Yes. The little girl becomes a kind of symbol. Absolutely. Against the oh, she's got the goon behind system. her, which is uh, helpful. Sure, but even even before that, we see her with the picture before the goon shows up, right? right. And the man comes over; he's going to hit her. He gives her muscle, but um, she she confronts power. I she's, mean, she's got nothing to lose, and yeah. she's going to stand her ground. So we so lost her mother. What else did right? I just got to say what I got to say right. here. I I think you know that that's that's a beautiful sentiment, as I think is a beautiful sentiment in. Wall Street, Wall Street right now. I don't think it's technically Wall Street, but whatever yeah. the bull's on. Um, all right. And now the reveal of Mr. Corpus. 
we're not supposed to assume that that's his name, right? No, 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 just, no. That is just his his monikers for these right. purposes. Of, his nom de plume, if you will. Right? Yes. Um, but when you get the reveal on, um, was it, 96? You, right? Didn't see it coming. So good. <laughs> and, you know, he's upright like he used to be, but, like, more haggard. Yeah, he's destroyed. And he was. Like, yeah. it's a different kind of animal. More evil. Can you imagine being. dealing with this guy? I mean, how, how depraved they have to be to, to, to deal with him. What a great sentence, right? right? He's given us this, like, awful character. This is the, the worst character right. in the world. Here's what you have to literally, turn to, like, right. just hang on to your everything. wealth. Who's right. he in league with? These awful fat cats. Demons. I, I love it. Demons love and devils. It. That's who he does business with. By the way, your, your semen will work, too. Right? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> or semen. It doesn't really matter. And, and really, what is, what is the, the marriage of this awful capitalism and voodoo, this monster, right? right? This grotesque monster. The zombie just, gorilla, right? Mindless and, light, and, you know, soulless. Yeah, you can see there's, there's nothing there in that gorilla. It's just, this, right. it's just the eyes are empty. The, the, the panel, right, top of 98 with the grill in the background and, and all the thugs in the foregrounds. It's like something I don't like. Uh, this next whole sequence I really love. It's you, really you great. You start getting to the, like the fiery orange and red colors in it. Yeah. But I was, it's like something out of like, uh, you know, the, the Peter Jackson Tolkien movies or something. Yes. Yeah, right? I mean... him looming there like that, yeah. Yeah. It, the goon winding up to punch the gorilla there uh, man it's great stuff as the fat cat just kind of looks on fools right from his office yeah of course he's protected and lofty you know right. looking down they can't they, get to him so but this. she can she can right and yeah you know it, it, it's my first thought of 100 was that you could have took it a, taken a little more time with this and developed it but in retrospect, I, I think it's right. I think just one panel, this reveal, mm-hmm. this kind of like brief right. out. Yeah, yeah. Is that's, that's the way to do it. There is a bittersweet quality to the end of this, though, because even though um, he's taken out, I think mm-hmm. the implication is that the evil will live on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That there is no real resolution to what's happening in the streets. No. That fight will continue. I mean, Powell's... And it still does continue. ...smart about yeah. this. Right. It still does continue. Right, it's not like resolved and, oh, everything's going to be great from here on in forever. Right. You know? I think that would be... That would be... That's a silly wrap-up that nobody would buy. Exactly. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It would be false. But, um, you know, you can make these... You can take a stand to make these small victories, though. hmm Yeah. I think that's right. Very in keeping with uh, pro- protests happening now, I would say. And uh, her face changing is awesome. Ah, man. Yeah, I that, love that, that ending is great. For me, for, if we're going to, like, you know, rank, like, individual stories, this uh-huh. is, like, top it's five for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, it just really, really well done. And, and, and it's not heavy-handed, though. You know what I mean? Because... I don't know if I agree. I'm going to say, even when it is handy, heavy-handed, it, it's appropriate. It's not, though, because it's literally a true story, and he's, he's just... Well, yeah, no, you're right. You just have to make anything up here. He didn't... Oh, he took this... You know, archetypal villain, and set up this unrealistic situation where you could show how greed is is so bad. He like he literally took something that happened and, and pretty much yeah. laid it out. I mean, I mean little Ford supernatural Frank elements and there's no gorilla. Into the furnaces. That's what he right. did. I mean, and the is, cops were backing them up on that. Right, you know, the, right. The, the authority figures were supporting that. The Goon's Vacation, I don't think I can praise as highly as that. I laugh all about it. It's funny. Come on. It's a quick read. Yeah, it is. You go through it very quickly. I hate to bail early. Oh, all right. I got to pick up Chris's train. All right, buddy. She she texts me. And she's coming to the train station. We will move around to her half. You have nothing to say about Fog Hat before you go? These last two, what? Fog Hat. Don't forget the (laughs) Fog Hat. 
Don't be the Reaper, right? That no, no, no Foghat was free, uh, was free Rider or something like that, right? Foghat is no. I don't know oh, what Foghat is. Is that Foghat? I think that's Foghat, but I'm not sure. My suit does Don't Be the Reaper. Oh, that's a uh, Blue Oh, right. Do, 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 do. More cowbell. Shame on me. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I but think Fog- you're right, though. Slow Rock. Fog- slow Rock. I'm pretty Take sure that's Fog- Slow Maybe, yeah. Foghat represents to me, though, like, the 70s, like... Uh, you know what? Super if you want to know Rock, rock Hop, no, I talk don't. to Andy. Because <laughs> that is like his, like, right? <laughs> yeah. That's his wheelhouse. The worst of 70s. Well, no, uh, I don't think it's that bad, but it's quintessential just kind of like, like, you know, light up a... a it's Yacht Rock. A spliff. Is no, it's yacht not a Yacht Rock. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the movie Dazed and Confused, right? In a nutshell. It, it gets it's, at, yeah, like, right. being a, a 70 stoner dude at a concert, like, we're going to see Foghat, man, and, like, just right. living it. Sounds right, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I do so enjoy when Foghat explains his origin. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> About Super Tramp and or he just references everybody <laughs> in this this, this that, little. No, there's funny stuff there. I, I, little yeah, brief great. origin story. Super Tramp's a little different though. Super Super Tramp has like a real pop appeal, right? I mean, they had yeah, but they, they had big more, hits. They had elements of prog in there too. They were logical. Uh, you were not on the mic, my man. That's right. <laughs> Super Tramp was not just stone or rock. They they were a little no, more. They were a little more like like yeah, proggy. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they had definitely much more going on. I think it was a much bigger band. The logical like, song like that, that was a massive hit like. They're right. a different ball game, I think. I'm saying, dude. He says double yeah, line. Double you, line. Gotta, you gotta go, you gotta go. All right, so, I mean, there is something being said in the Goon's Vacation. Is that, there? Well, <laughs> yeah, and the only reason I would even concede this is because this is a theme that he's going to pick up in the next trade paperback with um, superheroes and, like, how they Oh, right, right, they, they, right. Right, I mean, right. I think... He's being he, very satirical about the superhero business. Exactly. Right? This is a takedown of superheroes. This is saying that, like... Um, I mean, I don't think... It's pretty explicit towards the end that indie comics are legit. There's no real place for this kind of escapism anymore. Right. Which, I mean, now that I'm saying is actually in keeping with these social messages well, that we're in, getting. in all fairness, too, right? So I think well, one of the things that... And it, it annoys me personally, and I don't like this... But starting in the, I think, the early 2010s, you start to see reboots. Sure. Or relaunches. It's so right? done. Right. Superman, yeah. Spider-Man, whatever it is, whatever time you fall, like X-Men, we're going to relaunch it yet again, right? And sort of yeah. give us something new. But no, they take what's old and they kind of try and retell it to you a different way. It gets tired. I'm not really hip to this world so much. I mean, I think I definitely see it in cinema, no doubt, you know? Right. I mean, we're, we're going to be on our fourth Spider-Man, right. like, right. you know, in, in a couple years. weeks or something. Right, I mean, it's... But the um, uh, we've seen in, Batman over the years, multiple, uh, multiple oh, layers of Batman in comics, though, right? Wasn't there like a big DC makeover, like they did? But both, both Marvel and DC have made themselves over Are multiple they? times, and they, you know, they have these multiple universes. Or this is you have to be really careful, like which universe does the current title I'm following belong to, and yeah. where it, it gets. Besides being confusing, it's just silly. Well, it's a, it's a cash grab right. is what it because is. Because Palace shows us you could tell a good story. Yeah. You can give us an original idea if you're just willing to like extend yourself a little yeah. bit and go a different way. So I think Foghat, our, our character here, is supposed to be just like, you know, the Wait, mashup. But, but before like, we get to that, I just this on 105, yeah. right, that uh, Greedy Gut steals the wieners. And the reason to go get them back is, <laughs> well, this, I have the relish. He has a relish. <laughs> 
Because that would be enough reason for me. What's going to happen? Okay, you're right. All right, now, Fawcett. I don't really have too much to say about it. I think it's supposed to be just like... Like, like, just some somebody's silly notion of, so, like, right, right. something to sell the masses, you know? Well, what is a fuck hat? I don't know. <laughs> Even that kind of hat? I think well, it, is it a fuck hat, like, like, I always think, like, um... Like, like what the fisherman used like to a wear? Pipe, no, like, like, uh, an Abraham Lincoln, like, like, pipe is hat. Is it what they're called? Stove, stove, stove pipe, pipe, pipe. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. I don't know, but this one has, uh, some specific, uh... Right, but fuck hat is definitely out there, right? Because it comes out of... Where does he even come out of? Nowhere, right? Does he just jump out of like... Yeah, he jumped... Right, and that's the idea, right? These things come out of nowhere. They don't really have great origin stories. They're all kind of cobbled Suddenly together. they're just there, right? It's all flash and no substance. There's another thing going on here that Paul alluded to, I think, right before we turned the mic on, which was this has this kind of like... Um, I forget the name, but it's like a Monday Night Football kind of character. Right? The guy looks like... Hank, is it Hank Williams? Oh, oh Hank Williams Jr. Right, 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 right. Are you ready for some football? I think, right, that that's, I think that's the kind of framing mechanism right. for him, too, right? Where he looks like him. Right. I'm not sure on that, but, yeah, I think that might be it. I think you're correct. Which oh, is also a kind of, let's say, cultural bastardization just to get uh, right. some branding out there Ooh, for, for the cash grab. The good guy, right? Exactly. Exactly. Skinnerd. Now, he, all right, so here's the complication to all of this, which I think I can't really put my finger on, but Powell's doing something here. In, forget about, like, the setup of the superheroes. The goon world has old call, is, this is loaded with all cold, old callbacks to his yes, world. Yes, yes. We have Fishy Pete's mother. Right. We have the zombie um, god. Right, that's, uh, Greedy Gut. That's Greedy Gut. Right. Um... And we have, there's another one too, right, later? Oh, yeah, oh, well, we have, well, King of the Hobos. We have the King of the Hobos. Comes there. wandering back into scene, right, for us. So all of these are kind of like retreads. Okay. So in a... Even I, the alligator is a retread. We've seen the I alligator I think we saw the before. alligator too. So in a sense, he's calling out <laughs> the... He's calling himself out. Well, he's calling he's calling this the DC Marvel worlds out for being kind of hacky. But then he kind of leans into his own tendencies towards hackiness, <laughs> I think, as a self-critique. Like, I don't think he's doing this, like, unwittingly. Right. I think he's doing it for that reason, to to kind of cheekily say, like, ah, we're all a little subject to this. But there might be levels of it. They're way worse oh, absolutely. than what I'm doing. Right. You know what I mean? And mine are playful and they're purposeful. And I think they actually, you know, do something that's more me. I'm so much more interested in uh, Fishy Pete's mother than I am. Oh, she's enjoyable. Right. Yeah. Everything she's enjoyable. Or, right. It's not the, the assault newest. if you enter me, I don't enter you, right? Her definition is a, a I'm a little bit assault. uncomfortable by that. <laughs> but the, um, but yeah, I mean, they're at least going to have like fresh takes on them. You know, it's not going to be the, the seventh iteration of Batman in the last 10 years, right. you know? And the point is, these are, some of these are really obscure characters. It's not like he's drawing upon, right, right, right. zombie priest over and over again to make his point. He's kind of... So having maybe, fun with his own universe. Yeah, maybe the message is like, you know, create some like deep, interesting characters and, and you know, do something with them rather than cobble together these these pop culture referencing cash grabs. Something and like that. Don't forget, the arc here is that all the goon wants to do is have a vacation. Oh, he only wants his And his idea of a vacation was to put on his sandals and sit on the dock and relax for a little while while he ate some wieners, right? Yeah. This wasn't, he wasn't going to Tahiti. Right? Yeah. He just wanted to take it easy a little bit. He wasn't even leaving Lonely Street. All he wanted to do was sit on the dock. That's it. Just sit on the dock. So, 
I don't even think any of this superhero stuff came together until I really got to 124. Right, that's where it And you of... saw like the second example, right, which is a little bit of atomic, uh, what was it? Yeah. The atomic brain. I a love little the atomic bit of the brain. atomic brain. <laughs> you know, a little bit looking kind of marvelly. This looks like right. Golden Age marvelly or Silver Age marvelly. Um, Dr. Metaphoric Man. <laughs> right, which is just another kind of goofy thing. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, something going on here. The, the last panels on 126 where he kind of talks about, you know, you should read The Goon and uh, Billy the Kid versus these things. Right. I, I think, you know, might be a little too on the head for me, but but it solidifies what I suspected was going on throughout this whole thing. And we don't know. Maybe he was responding to something that was said of him critically yeah. you know, in trade paperbacks or something else like that at the time. You know, maybe somebody... Why can't Goon be more like this? Or why can't Eric Powell do more like that? And so, yeah, maybe this is a response to that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know that I love this, but I, I always appreciate when Powell has a message that he's going for. You know, even if I'm not, like, even if it doesn't hit 100% or I don't love it, this is very worthwhile. And I like seeing all these characters, too. That was enjoyable. Yeah, yeah totally fun. Um, all right, so I don't have anything rhapsodic to say about Chapter 6. Irish the, Wake was um, just fun. It was just interesting. The Irish Wake, but you seem to love it. I just, because it was, it was, it was quick. Yeah. It was concise, and it just told a funny little story. You know, it didn't affect anything. There was no major um, plot advancements here. It was just clever. <laughs> just, yeah. Goblin shows up, wants yeah. to claim the body. Goom won't let it happen in front of the guy's wife. Right? At first, it was his mother. Then I realized it was his wife. Yeah. Well, now that I know that this was published in uh, USA Today, right. I mean, this is probably the edgiest kind of most appropriate thing you can do for that. I, I like it on that level. Um, so I had two things on it that I thought were interesting. Number one, on 130, you get this image of the goblin on the chest of the right. yeah. prostrate, prostrate um, dead figure. And that's very evocative of that old Gothic painting. I can't think of the author right now. The painter, but it's um, it's like this kind of like homunculus figure on the chest of a woman that's laid out, and it's called um, the nightmare or something like that, oh. and it's all a metaphor. And the imagery is very similar to that. I, I should have done the research or written it down. I just forgot to. But um, but yeah, very evocative of that like early nineteenth century Gothic okay. European art, which I think is, I has to be purposeful here. Yeah, check that out later. Um, yeah, I can't think of the, the painter's name. And the other thing is, I really love the panel on the top of 131, which has the kind of image backstory where the goblin is younger with the, I, kind of like a stovepipe pad. And, and the, the big pipe. And the only, it's just, I've made this point a thousand times that Powell is so good at creating these mythologizing backstories. Right. For these characters that, like, are, are seemingly, like, you know, ridiculous. We'll never see, and, uh, yeah. Uh, McGillia, McBride, McBride, again, right? He's gone. Like, he's gonna wait one. Doesn't We're matter. Not see him again. But we get a little backstory anyway. And you're gonna, you're right? You're gonna give it his right. due, right? You're and he gets a backstory in literally one frame. Yeah. He's able to give you enough. That you're like, oh, okay, I understand now why the the goblin wants the body. Yeah. And I always love like when um, characters can change size and he grows. Right, just grow the right. We don't know why. He just he can do it. Yeah. It, it's a Sometimes fun. I think they do it because Powell likes. To have the goon fight somebody. Sure. Oh, he just of course. enjoys animating yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I want to see that. Absolutely. Right? It's fun. If, if I don't see the goon in a fight after a while, I'll get annoyed. Totally. Right. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's really fun and playful. You know, the pork chop joke at the end's good. You know, what does it all come down to? Right. Great, Frankie. You know, now right. I can't. A get lifetime pork of muddy pork chops, right? Damn you. Yeah. 
It's good. And I do like that last panel where we're going to see him eat his... Uh, <laughs> his friend, right? His, his buddy. Because <laughs> he's been muddied, right? He doesn't want to eat a muddy, yeah. a muddy corpse, but he has to. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I'm, I'm very glad it exists. Um, and, uh, yeah, the sketchbook stuff is beautiful here. Particularly milk and cheese. Milk and cheese. Good and Frankie. Frankie. <laughs> Wonderfully done. I think it's so I like the fact that he thought to, to include an eyeball on the end of Frankie's knife. Because that's what Frank Oh, yeah. Said, I'll step you in the eye, right? Well, I mean, you know, it just shows, like, you know, the mutual respect of, like, you know, what I consider these two giants of, of the craft, you know, in the indie world anyway. That, like, and it, it shows you, know, too, the company that Powell at this point is keeping. And he's oh, able yeah, to, man. right? That he, he's garnered their respect. He has respect for them. It's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. And we benefit from it. I love that mashup. And uh, the next panel with... Um, our, our Angie uh, Pantani sitting on the cyclone. I, I think know, it's so it's weird and cool, you know? I love that image so much. Yeah, it almost like that could have belonged to the Brigadoon story. Well, yeah, no, definitely. Right. I, I mean, this isn't, like, I don't know, when I think of, like, I mean, we were talking about the Warriors, you know, like, like that that kind of, like, nostalgic New York, I think Coney Island, you know? The right. Warriors are going back to Coney Island. I know I'm mixing different That's story okay. elements here. But, um... I, there's something kind of magical and nostalgic about Coney Island that's that's kind of wrapped up in that um, mid early to mid 20th century aesthetic of people on the boardwalk and that kind of culture and that I, I think the um, the Roxy Delight aesthetic kind of works. Where you with, took your you girl know? right at night to have yeah. a good time and, and you had clams adventure. on the half shell and you uh, ate an Ethan's hot dog and you ate it yeah and you you went on the beach with the throngs of people. You ever see those beautiful I pictures know, incredible where incredible amounts of people? There's not a you can't see an sand. ounce of sand. Right, where would you sit? Right, where would you sit? Right? <laughs> it, it's like shocking and and, and the the pier just loaded Ooh. with people fishing and bathing suits and man, I love that. That that's totally getting at this, you know. Powell's a really good eye for, for like the the old timey, you know. The old timey. Yeah, and we're gonna see that, right? I mean, it's coming. The Billy the Kid stuff's coming. Did you ever see any of that? I haven't. Yeah, so I I have the um, the Billy the Kid comic in its own right, which I I don't think Powell's doing the artwork for. I think somebody else is, but he's writing the stories. Okay. And it wasn't my favorite Powell stuff, but but it's good. And I think it, it tries to get into, you know, this this kind of like nostalgic world from a different angle, which I think it's more a kind of old west angle. Okay. It, it really, I think, maybe overlaps a little more with kind of the buzzard stuff we were reading last time. But just well, we okay. buzzard, right? We're done with him now. I don't think we see buzzard again in the goon. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not sure about that, but I'm ninety percent. He doesn't show back up again. But I think I said last time he does show up in uh, hillbilly. Hillbilly. Yeah, and I still haven't picked that up and read it. I know it's okay. been a couple of weeks. Like, <laughs> okay. I like, I almost am like, I'm savoring it. I'm, I don't want to. I read the first one and I'm like, take your time. I want to take my time and go back to it. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's it. Um, next time, what is the, the next one? Um, Them that raised us lament. Uh, and I think this is another number twelve. Number twelve. This is another one in the same vein as this. That's not going back to any kind of like central plot line, but definitely contributes to the mythology. Is again very experimental. I, I really like these um, these couple trade paperbacks that we're uh, talking about now. We've hit an interesting stretch. It's an interesting stretch. 
It's somebody that's confident. As we're coming up to the end here. Right. It's somebody that's confident and, and almost a little restless in their subject matter, I think, you know? And that ad, that's a, a very interesting mix. Is this like that episode of The Prisoner? They do, <laughs> where they, they do the Old West yeah, right maybe. before they get into the end game? Yeah. Right? Like it's just maybe something it. completely different. And then they just, like, what Man, was that, right? You're chomping on the bit to get to the prisoner. <laughs> uh, Float a little prisoner out there. Hey, prisoner's on the docket. Um, I'm reading all about it, so it's on my mind right now. Yeah, you know, that's not a bad analogy, right? We're... Like, what do we really do with this? What can we do more? Right. So you just start getting weird. Right. Let's try yeah. something completely experimental. But but you have such a kind of, like, knowledge of the character and the craft of where things are going that... It works. You got a little bit of confidence. Yeah, I think that's it. All right. Next time. Next time.